Welcome to the podcast of Rainbow Family Christian Center with Pastors Horace and Patricia Drumming. We would like to thank you for joining us today, and we pray that you are impacted, inspired, and encouraged by the Word of God. Let's check out today's message. Jesus, you're the author. You're the finisher of our faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. And so, Father, thank you for giving us the measure. And thank you for helping us to increase that faith because your word says faith comes and it comes when you hear and you hear the word of God. Now let us have ears to hear what your spirit is saying today, God. Not only will we be hearers of your word, Father, you're requiring some action from us. And that is called being a doer of God's word. So Father, we're not just here to be an audience. We're here not just for observation, but Lord, you're calling for the church for participation, to get involved. We're not here to sit on the sidelines. We didn't come to warm the bench. We've come to get involved and to stay involved and occupy until you come. So, Father, I thank you that the entrance of your word, the Bible says it will give light. So will you illuminate us on the inward side, Father, so that we might see what you need us to see, God. So open the eyes of our understanding, God, and help us to be ready when Jesus comes. And we ask these blessings in Jesus' precious name. And all of God's people said, amen, amen. Amen. Go ahead and be seated, and um, we'll get right away into the word of God. Um, Let me just um, encourage you. There are two, three places that I want to go today, and you might want to start marking your Bible. Um, We're going to take you to um, Romans uh, I want to get into probably the 14th chapter of Romans. I want you to find in the Old Testament Joshua. And in Joshua, uh, we will be focusing on the ninth chapter. And then as a reference, I don't know if we will spend much time in it, but we'll reference it often, and that's Matthew 24. So as you are hearing the message today, I'm also encouraging you, these are verses and scriptures and chapters that you need to be probably meditating in all week long. Amen? Because you're going to hear some things today, but it might not come to you in uh, its fullness. But if you purpose that you will stay in the word, that, that word will get into you. Again, it was Romans chapter 14 and uh, Joshua chapter 9. Matthew 24. And what I want to focus on in those scriptures is the Bible talking about the end times. It said, and in the end times, deceivers will come. And a lot of people will miss God because they've been deceived. This is why the Bible tells us Satan is a deceiver. He's the master of deception. He presents himself, the Bible says, sometimes like a a sheep, but he's really a wolf. A wolf dressed up in sheep clothing. And God wants you to be able to discern and to know when it's God and when it's not God. Anybody ever watch commercials that give you impressions that all of this will happen if you just buy their product? I, I remember years, a few years back, Nivea, you all know who Nivea is, right? That's the lotion. Nivea was advertising a lotion, ladies. 
and it was you, you ladies were in the market that when you put this lotion on, it'll help you lose weight. <laughs> Literally, they said you just you just uh, uh, rub it into your skin, and you know they had the picture of this woman who man she was fitting in jeans that she couldn't fit in before. There's a man in the background. He's just looking at like, yeah, she's looking good. A deception, though. Matter of fact, Nivea was, uh, by the Federal Trade Commission, was um, charged uh, $900,000 for false advertisement. Come on, you know putting on no skin cream is not going to cause you to lose no weight. Now, it might keep you from being rusty and ashy, but it is not going to cause you to lose any weight. Everybody say deception. deception. And then, how many of you remember Duracell? The little pink bunny, boom, 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 boom. Just keep going and going and going. And so Duracell was advertising that their lithium battery was just far better than anything and would last longer than any other battery out there. Now, I will say this. It costs more than any other battery out there, any lithium battery. But everybody say deception. A class action suit was filed against Duracell for false advertisement because when they tested the battery, it didn't last any longer than any other lithium battery out there. Back in the day, you know, I, I'm, I'm one of those guys kind of joke around with other guys who drive trucks. And GMC, with their Sierra model, uh, was talking about a, a particular steel that they had put into their truck. And they said, you can drop this heavy uh, toolbox into the back of this truck, and it won't hardly even put a dent in it. Now, of course, they were, they were blasting my Ford truck. And they were blasting the Dodge, and they dropped the toolbox in it, and a big old hole was in, the, in the, 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 the bed of the Ford truck. A big hole was in the, the Ram truck, but the Sierra truck. But see, the... F, uh, the Federal Trade Commission once again had to fine GMC because they said you dropped this thing about 21 times before you finally got a take that it didn't appear that there was a dent in the truck. There was some of the steel in the type of steel that they were saying in the truck but it was not in the bed. It was up over the top and only a couple of layers of it. So you can say that you have certain things in your product, but it doesn't mean that that's what it's completely enforced with. How many of you remember vitamin water? <laughs> vitamin water. Now, Pepsi-Cola made this, but you know what vitamin water was? Sugar water. They just added more sugar in it. And you know what they said when they were, they were fine? By the way, $3 million. They say, well, we didn't think that anybody would think that drinking this was going to give them vitamins. You'd think. Deception. Deception. These are all commercials, and these are all well-documented. Uh, you can actually probably go out there and Google and find all this information that I'm sharing with you. I mean, I remember a shoe company called Skechers. Man, Skechers had a shoe that said all you have to do is wear it, and it'll get you in shape. They were literally called shapers. 
And they use a, a well-known icon by the name of Kim Kardashian. And Kim Kardashian had them on, and she would, you know, they would take a picture of her body, and you were going to get a Kardashian shape just by wearing Skechers. $400 million later when they paid the fine, because it didn't get you in shape. Matter of fact, they found that it, it actually caused uh, uh, some problem. I said $400 million, actually it was $40 million. $40 million, they were fined. Class action suit. How many of you ever had a chewing gum called Eclipse? Eclipse chewing gum says, it kills germs that can cause bad breath. Now, that's a good thing if it did, but it didn't. And so the, FT, uh, the Federal Trade Commission, again, uh, charged them $6 million for false advertisement. Everybody say deception. Deception. Folks, I could go on. There was uh, two of the funny ones that, that I found. There was a, a, a cologne called Lynx. Uh, it's a men's cologne. But when, when the man and the commercial sprinkled it on, women came from everywhere. They came out of the mountain. They came out of the ocean. They came out, and they were just, man, they were just running because this guy sprinkled some Lynx cologne on him. And there was a guy who sued the company because he said, I've been using it for seven years and I still don't have a woman yet. <laughs> Everybody say deception. Wow. Deception. Anybody ever heard of a product called Red Bull? I hope you're not drinking it, but nevertheless. Red Bull says when you drink Red Bulls, you'll get wigs. <laughs> Whenever there will be these little caricatures and the person drink the Red Bull, and just like a butterfly, man, wings suddenly emerge and they were flying off. And you know what? There is a man who said, I've been drinking Red Bull for 10 years and I still haven't got my wings, and he sued the company. <laughs> I don't think they've settled that one yet. He might be committed already. Ah. Deception, though. And the Bible says in the last days, that's what's going to happen. That a lot of people are going to be deceived. You're going to have bought into something that was always a lie. How many of you know the devil is a liar? Every time you... Every time... <laughs> you lie or you hear a lie it's coming from the devil the Bible says he's the father of every lie and in the last days you're gonna hear more and more lies you're gonna hear more and more things and this is why you gotta get close to God so that you can discern and the Bible says God will give you the spirit of discernment you're gonna know what's a lie you're gonna know what's truth you're not going to be so gullible. That's what the devil wants you to be, gullible. And, you know, I was asking the, myself the question, I said, well, why do people, you know, in the day that we're living in now, we, we use the word scams. Scams. Have you ever seen people or maybe a news uh, uh, expose on people who have been scammed? I mean, they've given up their life savings. They've given up their 401k for some pie-in-the-sky idea. Just been scammed. 
How many of you have on your phone sometimes and the phone says, scam likely? Scam likely. There's somebody that's going to be offering. And the Bible says in the last days you're going to have more and more of that. And a lot of people are going to be deceived. We call that antichrist. It's going to tell you that the things of God, you don't need them. You don't need them. I heard a comedian, and it wasn't funny. But he was really mocking Christians. He said, I'm tired of these people coming up to me telling me I need to be born again. He says, what's wrong if I got it right the first time? You didn't get it right the first time. Until you have Jesus in your life, you don't have it right. You're not in a right place. You're not going to a right place. You're not going in a right direction until you have Jesus. And he says, I don't need their Jesus because I got it right the first time. I don't need to be reborn. Nicodemus, you remember him in the Bible. He's saying, what is this got to be born again stuff? You know, can I enter back into my mother's womb? And Jesus was like, no, it's not about that. It's about you getting your mind renewed. It's about you no longer being conformed to this world, but being what? Transformed. How? By the renewing of your mind. And, and in the last days, folks, our minds need to be renewed with the word of God. Because so much is coming at you, but it's deception. You, you've heard, uh, even the former President Trump, he used to say, fake news, fake news, fake news. And, and, and he wasn't wrong. There's a lot of fake news out there. I always tell people, you might want to ensure that is, whether it's fake or fact, some news channels now have gone to a segment called Verify because so much information is out there and they need, you need to verify. And a lot of us Christians, we don't verify anything. Some of you pick up stuff and you start saying stuff. You don't have no facts at all about it. Look, folks, this word, the Bible said, your word, the word of God, is the lamp unto your feet. It's the light unto your path. I like that part when it says, and it's medicine to all of my flesh. In the Old Testament, when they went in to spy the land, a song was written around that concept of whose report are you going to believe? And remember Ron Cannoli, back in the day, he wrote a song, and an echo would come. It says, whose report will you believe? And the echo would, we shall believe the report of the Lord. His report says something about us. This word says something about you. And it's, it's very important for you to get into the word. I realize that there are a lot of people, you're not in the word, and no word is in you. No word is in you when you don't get into the word. It is not enough just to come on Sunday morning. Let me say it again. <laughs> it's not enough just to come on Sunday morning and do not pick your Bible up on Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday a Thursday or Friday or Saturday. This is something. Everybody say every day. If you got your word, whether it's electronic or you have a hard copy like me today, lift it up in the air and say, this word, God's word, 
I need it every day. Every day. I will meditate in it day and night. Why do you want to meditate in this day and night? Even in this book of Joshua that we're going to go to in a minute. He says, because when you meditate in the word day and night, and then you observe to do it, you'll make your way prosperous. You'll have good success. You'll make your way prosperous, and you'll have good success. Folks, this is not the lottery. This is not hit and miss. Now, I want to ask for a show of hand of how many people have played the lottery. But I will suggest if you have, you have missed more than you've hit. You remember I shared with you, I used to stop at a, 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 a service station, and this is just, I, I love the camaraderie. There was a lot of older military guys who would just uh, gather there. It was right up the street. It was a Sunoco station, and I would stop there every morning because there were guys who were retired from the, the Marines and the Army and the Air Force and et cetera, and they would be there. And there was one guy, he was there, and he was a retired Marine. Double amputee. But boy, he would pay no less than $50 a day on scratch off. A day. I, I, and I would stop practically every morning. And every day he would be there with his scratch off. And he would get happy when he scratched off and won $15 or $20. And so one morning, I just, I just said to him, you know what? Just give me all the money that you are playing in Scratch Off, and I'm going to give you half of it back at the end of the month. And you feel like you won. I mean, do you, do you understand the fallacy of that? Playing, playing. Uh, you're, you're talking luck. This is not about luck. Say, this is about my future. This is why... You can see how much God loves us. God's telling you the end is coming. Anybody ever take an open book exam? Did you pass? I know people who took an open book exam and didn't pass. You know why you don't pass in an open book exam? Because you haven't opened the book. In other words, you needed to have opened the book before. So that when they told you you could now open your book, you have some what? Familiarity with where this subject matter is. You could almost go. See, what the teacher was doing was saying, I'm giving you a chance to have all of the answers, but you need to read the book. Do you know the book, book of Revelation said you will be blessed if you just read the book of Revelation? And so often I hear people, I'm scared. I don't like that book. Oh, that book is so complicated. And yet I, I, I'm looking for every member to be out there on Wednesdays at 12 noon. And I know we have to cancel this week uh, due to a funeral. But 12 noon and 7.30. So you can go through the book of Revelation. And just see how much of a blessing it is to you. And it really is a blessing. Let's go to Romans chapter 14. Go, go there real quick. Romans chapter 14. And we're going to look at verse 11 and 12. 
I am going to encourage you, as you see the scriptures on the screen, to read them out aloud with me. Amen. Romans chapter 14. Those of you at home, if you're opening your Bible, uh, you may not be able to readily see the screen, so I encourage you to open your Bible to Romans chapter 14. And we're starting at verse number 11. And we're going to work our way through verse number 12. And if you're with me, let's read. For it is written, as I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow to me, and every tongue shall confess to God. So then, each of us shall give account of himself to God. The open book test is really giving an account of whether you actually read it. Because generally you have a short time to now answer the questions with the book open. I pray that you're opening your book every day now. Because there's coming a day where God's going to say, do you understand that it's your time? And you're going to have to, as this, you see what it said? So then each of us shall do what? Not the pastor. That ain't my job. You're going to have to give yourself account to God. This is why the Bible says so many people are going to stand before God and say, God, God, didn't I? He's going to say, what? This is why we imagine this picture of you having been videotaped. You aren't going to be able to say, well, it wasn't me. It was you. It was you those mornings when God was trying to get you up and say, pray. And you said, ah, not today. It was that person that God brought across your path, hoping that you would open the gospel up to them. And you said, hmm, that's their problem. That's none of my business. Do you know people are your business? You know, I often uh, remind myself of a crazy bumper sticker that I probably saw over 20 years ago. And, and the bumper sticker said, I would love my work if it wasn't for the people. And some of you, you you're like that. You're, I love being a Christian, but I don't want to deal with people. Well, that's what Christianity is all about. God dealt with us as people. And he says, I put the mind, I want the mind that was in Christ to be in you also. And that mind is, we deal with people. I don't always want to deal with them. God will give you strength to deal with them. Do you think that Jesus wanted to preach every time that the people were out there? You remember how his disciples said, send them away when it came to feeding them. But you remember how Jesus sometimes, this is how we got the word pulpit, basically. Jesus got on a boat one time, and he said, push out from the shore. Because he needed to be able to get a little bit of distance so that he could minister to people. How many of you know that God will give you extra strength that you need? But sometimes we are pushing back, and God's trying to push you forward. But he says, you're going to have to give an account. This is why I said to you, by the Spirit, all the women in this church, I said, you really need to go to this league conference. And some of you immediately, it came back to me like, boom, I ain't going. 
I'll go to anybody else's conference, but I ain't going to one in my own church. Mm-hmm. You will give account. See, sometimes God brings things into your house. You don't even want to partake of it. My mama would probably get on my case if I went to somebody else's house to eat and then got to her table and said, I don't want to eat nothing, mama. Now, my mother was a gentle woman, but, you know, son, I've been slaving over this hot oven and this stove. Do you know the intensity of what goes in to prepare a conference like this? Do you understand the amount of prayer? Do you understand the amount of vision that God gives so that people don't perish? And then we have enough nerve to say, our church don't do nothing. What do you mean? Who didn't do anything? You are the church. So I, I had to go to the West Coast or the Midwest or wherever. That wasn't true. And you will give an account of those kinds of things. Back up to verse 11 one more time. because I, 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 This is going to be a, a, a place where we're going to try to dig into deception. For it is written. As I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow to me and every tongue shall confess to God. See, folks, I, I, I see God really saying to people, you don't realize that in some areas you haven't really submitted to God. You haven't submitted to what God has set in place. Do you know I didn't set myself in place as the pastor here? God did. God set me in this. Folks, I was doing all right. I, I, it, by world standard, I was doing all right. I had access to stuff that they grabbed out of Mr. Trump's house. <laughs> SCI. Clearances that people would really just give me a job because I had all these clearances. But the Lord said, I want you to do this. And I don't mind telling you, I said to the Lord, but I want to do Florida. Yeah, Cocoa Beach. I dream of Jeannie. Y'all don't know that movie. I had my will opposing God's will. I'm so thankful that God dealt with me and my knee bent and my tongue started to confess well, this is what you want me to do and I've said whatever you want me to do Lord I'll do it until the Lord asks you to do it for some of us women I'm going to say this one last time the Lord is asking you to be a part and some of you I don't know why you made your mind up so quickly like that I feel like I'm stuck here. But I'm not stuck. I'm being prophetic in telling you when the Lord speaks, we have got to start answering. Yeah. 
He's been calling you several times. You remember in the Bible, there was a young boy. He was called several times. And suddenly the man of God, Eli, said to that young boy, when he speaks the next time. How many of you thank God for a next time in your life? He said, when that next time come, you say to the Lord, Here am I, Lord. Here am I. Don't be deceived by the enemy telling you, I don't need this. I've been in church this long. I've been a Christian this long. Every day, every child of God needs something that God has. And the Bible says every day, morning by morning, God will show new mercies. And the mercies and the blessings of the Lord, he says, will come on you and overtake you. Goodness and mercy will begin to follow you. And it begin to follow you, what? All the days of your life. But the enemy will tell you, you don't need that. Yes. Kind of like the young man that we were talking about. He said, I've been sprinkling this little stuff on me, this cologne. In seven years, I still ain't got a woman. Some of us, we've been stuck for a long time. You know, T.D. Jakes got one message from the Lord, and he preached it to the Lord, told him to stop. Woman, thou art loosed. You, most of you don't know T.D. Jakes. T.D. Jakes was uh, driving a backhoe. You see this big old heavy equipment? That's what T.D. Jakes was doing. And he'd run home after working out there in the construction, take a bath, and go preach that. He said he learned it in Sunday school. One Sunday school morning, God spoke to him and said, you just preach this, young man. See, folks, when you just start to do the one thing that God, God says, if you're faithful in this, these little simple things, then I can make you ruler. I can, I can allow you to have even more. But when I don't see, if God doesn't see the faithfulness in the little thing, how can he make you rule over much? And some of us, we're saying, Lord, I want much more. I remember when, uh, what it was, uh, I think it was Mary Alessi, and, and, and there was a song, More. She just kept saying, More, I want more, I want more. How many of you have seen people put more on their plate than they can eat? Sometimes you eat, we want more. Even Jesus told his disciples sometimes, you can't stand anymore. I need to stop now because you can't take anymore. You remember when Moses says, I want to see your glory. God says, ah, that's more than you can handle right now, Doc. But I'm going to let you see something. Come on, folks. God's trying to let you see something so that the devil don't present something that causes you to be deceived. Let's go over to Joshua 9. Let's go over to Joshua 9. And we're going to take it from verse 1. And, and, and this, if, if you've got one of those Bibles that have subject, subjective matters over it, it will probably read the deception of the Gibeonites. The deception of the Gibeonites. Now, let me just set the stage for you. Here's what's happened. God has moved mightily for his people. Everybody remember hearing a word called Jericho? I don't mean the church out there on Beltway. <laughs> Jericho. There was a massive wall. The children of Israel had been fearful about this massive wall and these people that wouldn't let anybody pass through. 
I mean, you know, if God needs you to get through, you will get through. If God needs you to pass through the waters, you will go through the waters and won't be drowned. If God needs you to pass through the fire, you'll go through the fire and not be burned. This massive impediment to them getting to the promised land, God says, I'm going to remove it. And this is how God told them. He said, what I want you to do for the next few days now is just Anybody know what that means? When you do this to your children, shh. What you trying to tell them? Be quiet. Be quiet. Sometimes we run our mouth way too much. We just run our mouth. We just think we know it all. And God said, you don't know enough. Be quiet. He says, all I want you to do is just march around that wall. I'm pretty sure it was pretty dusty. I know I've walked around areas of Israel, Jordan, and surrounding areas, and it's pretty dusty. And I'm going to imagine when all those people got pretty dusty. I'm pretty sure somebody, you know, if I just said, be quiet for the next 10 minutes, some of you will have a fit. I mean, you just have a fit. You know, have you ever noticed children in school and they call it fidgeting? I got to say something. Sometimes you don't have to say a word. You just have to be still and know that he's God. So for six days, I call that a miracle. Six days, people saying nothing, just obeying. See, sometimes I know when I speak certain things, Lord have mercy. I'll burn up from the fire that y'all be spewing out your mouth after y'all leave here. Who pastor think he is? I ain't doing that. That's for the five aimers. I, I ain't one of them. Yes, you are. Everybody say, I am, I am. Rainbow. rainbow. Everything that rainbow is doing, you're part of it. Whether it's men, whether it's children, whether it's women, whatever is happening in Rainbow, that's you. Come on. Imagine my nose saying to me today, uh, I don't want you to get too fixated, but my nose saying to me this morning, I ain't going. I'm up getting dressed. I'm going to the house of the Lord. And nose says, I ain't going. And, and the nose is generally talking to the mouth, you know. Hey, hey, come on, you, you stay with me. Don't, don't go. Do you know that most people, when they decide they're not going to do something, they're generally talking to somebody already again about, you, you know, I'm not doing it. And the purpose is so that you won't do it. I may remember when kids were in school, you might have been one of them kids. You didn't want certain people to be friends with other people. If you're going to be my friend, you can't be no friend with Miss Pat. What kind of... <laughs> you know, sometimes I think and I say, God, you remember the scripture that says, God, why are you so mindful of men? Why are you so mindful of me? You know what that scripture really is saying? why do you put up with the stuff you put up with? I think about that sometimes. I say, Lord, you put up with a lot 
put up with a lot. Why are you so mindful? So, back to Jericho. <laughs> you know what happened on the seventh day? They would march around this wall, and then God gave them an order, shout. You know, every house of God should have a shout in it. For all you people that like it really quiet, you'd have a problem with God. Because there are times where God's going to tell you, shout. Shout unto God with a voice of triumph. That's God. That's his nature to make a joyful noise unto the Lord. And that disturbs some people. But that's deception when you think that when God's got his house shouting, everybody ought to be quiet. Some of y'all came out of them little churches like people with little things. Whoa. God is a God that makes a thunderous noise. It's like lightning and thunder when you hear. The book of Revelation is going to show you God's like lightning and thunder. John said, man, when I heard his voice, I fell. You aren't going to like heaven if you just think it all is quiet. So they shouted, and you know what happened. The walls came down. All of it started with obedience. Now, let's pick up Joshua 9 so that you've got a, got a visual of what's about to be said in verse number 1. And so it came to pass when all of the kings who were on the side of the Jordan, that's the south, on the side of the Jordan, in the hills, and in the lowlands, and in the coast of the great sea toward Lebanon, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Canaanites, the Pezzarites, the Hivites, all of the tight family, they were up there. Yeah. Go on. They heard about it. What did they hear about it? They heard about Jericho. They heard about the power of God. They heard about the miracle power of God. This is what we're saying to you. If God's been good to you, you ought to tell somebody. You ought to shout it out to somebody. You ought to make it known to somebody. Somebody ought to show up your house and say, what's that noise in your house? That noise is because you're excited about your God who is still doing great things. Let's go now. Next verse. Stay with me. But when the inhabitants of Gibeon heard that Joshua had done at Jericho and I, they worked craftily. Everybody say deception. deception. And went and pretended to be ambassadors. And they took old sacks on their donkeys, old wineskins torn and mended, old and pat sandals on their feet and old garments on themselves and all of the bread of their provision was dry and moldy. Come on, let's go. I'll explain all of that. And, 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 and they went to Joshua to the camp at Gilgal and said to him and to the men of Israel, we have come from a far country. Now therefore, Make a covenant with us. How many of you know we have a covenant God? 
How many of you know that we have a covenant God who will not break covenant? You should be a covenant people, and what you say, your word ought to be just as good as God's word. God never breaks a covenant. He never expects us to break a covenant. You understand where I'm coming from? Where the word is coming from? God never expects his people to break covenant. I've seen so many covenant breakers. I've seen people come through here and leave through here who have said things, who said, I'm in covenant, I, I believe in the vision. Come on, God doesn't change his mind. You did. And you know what you did? You broke covenant. You broke covenant. So these people understood, these were covenant people, and they understood the impact of covenant. See, the impact of covenant says this. When the priests would basically take a sacrifice, they cut it literally in half. And they would make what you and I would call a figure eight around it. One half is going to be put on the altar and sacrificed unto God. The other half was going to be with the priest. I mean, you know, the priest had to eat too. But basically, the covenant walk that the priest would do was say, what's mine is yours, and what's yours is mine. How many of you went into a marriage and you realized that the covenant that you were entering in said, what's his is not mine, and what's mine is not his? But some of y'all went in with the world mindset and said, I want to prenup. Because what's mine is mine. It doesn't work that way. God never set it up like that. Man set it up like that, but not God. And so this group called the Gibeonites are asking Joshua, the leader of Israel at that time, because you know Moses is now passed. Let's go on to the next verse, please, Elizabeth, verse 7. And then the men of Israel said to the Hivites, perhaps you... Hivites, when you see the word Hivites, same as Jebusites. Okay, I don't want you to get twisted here. We're talking the same group of people. Gibeonites, Hivites, same group. Perhaps you dwell among us, so how can we make a covenant with you? Next verse, please. But they said to Joshua, we are your servants. Everybody say deception. That's the equivalent of a man who don't love you saying, I love you because they just want something from you. So they're appealing to Joshua. We, we're your servants now. But they're deceiving. And they're lying to him. And Joshua said to them, who are you? And where do you come from? Let's go. So they said to him, from a very far country. Everybody say deception. deception. We come from a very far country. Your servants have come because of the name of the Lord your God. Wow. For we have heard of his fame and all that he did in Egypt. All that he did to the two kings of the Amorites and who were beyond the Jordan to the Sihon king of Hezbon and Og king of Bashan and who was at Ashtaroth 
And therefore, our elders and all the inhabitants of our country spoke up to us, saying, take provisions with you for the journey and go to meet them and say to them, we are your servants. Now, therefore, make a covenant with us. Next verse, please. And this bread of ours we took hot. Now, you all just read the scripture with me, right? The bread, was it hot? It wasn't hot, like drop it like it's hot. No. They put in old moldy bread. They put in old wine sacks. They put on old sandals to pretend that they had come a long way. Now, I'm going to speed this up for the sake of time. Three days later, no, I gotta, you got to see this scripture. Go, go a little bit further. Let me dig a little bit deeper with you. And these wineskins, which are filled with, were new. Everybody say deception. deception. They weren't ever new. And see, they are torn. And these are our garments, and our sandals have become old because of the very long journey. Come on, let's go a little deeper. Then the men of Israel took some of their provisions, but they did not ask. That's it. Everybody read that. Read it again. Read it one more time in its entirety. Then the men of Israel took some of their provisions, but they did not ask the counsel of the Lord. You see how you fall into deception? The Bible tells us you and I are supposed to acknowledge God in all of our ways, and he will direct our path. You notice it says clearly. What did they rely on? Their eyes. The eyes says, they must have traveled a long way, because, man, the sandals look old. The wine sacks look old. Man, it's been a long time, because the bread didn't got moldy. Come on, you know if you keep bread too long, it's been a long time. I hope you ain't got none of that in your refrigerator, but if you kept it a long time, it's moldy. But, folks, they only lived a short distance away. They were pretending. They were pretending that they had come from a long distance and they were saying, we want to be your friend. How many of you know everybody that comes ain't necessarily coming to be your friend? Everyone that says, Lord, Lord, ain't necessarily walking with the Lord. Everyone that said, I am he, or I, the Bible says there are antichrists already in the world. This is deception. And in the last day, some of us, we're going to be depending too much on our eyes. We're going to be depending too much on our nose, on our senses, rather than by the Spirit. The Bible says you and I are supposed to try the Spirit by the Spirit. By whose Spirit? God's Spirit. The Holy Spirit. Walk in the Spirit, he says, and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Walk in the spirit and you will not enter into covenant. See, some of you are sitting here today saying, man, if I had, 
listen to the Lord or consulted the Lord, I would not be in this business deal I'm in. How many of you realize that sometimes people tell you certain things? There are, I, I remember hearing this, this couple talk about uh, a, a particular uh, salesman that had come to the door selling a way too expensive vacuum cleaner. You know, the vacuum cleaner that can suck up the, the steel marbles and all that. What you need a vacuum cleaner like that for anyway? Going to suck your carpet right up out, out, off the... But anybody, you know, I, I, I joined the gym. And the, and the, and the, the, the catch was you can, what, what, is, what, are, what do I want to say here? No contract. You can end at any time. However, we would like for our money to be automatically deposited try to end one of them memberships. You go to the establishment and they say, you have to go online. And you go online and man, you say, I've been here all day. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You, you, you've gone from window to window to window and you still don't have what you are trying to do. And I said, I want to cancel this. Yeah, sis, I, I don't blame you. I want my money back. But you, I mean, you spend a whole day, and what happened? Frustration. See, deception is designed to get you to a place called frustration. Frustration is designed to get you a place where you said, I'm just quitting. I'm quitting. I'm not going any further. I'm not doing anymore. I'm not participation, uh, uh, participating anymore. That's what the enemy wants you to start doing in the last days, to stop participating. Deception. What did they appeal to? Their senses. What did God tell us? He says, walk by, not by that's all you will see. I, I don't want to go any further in, in Joshua 9. I want you to read the entirety of it. You'll be just amazed by it. Because uh, he has to come back. Joshua has to come back and deal with it. He says, okay, I'm not a covenant breaker. But you're going to be our servants now. You're going to cut the wood. You're going to become wood cutters. You, 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 you're going to keep the fire hot. You're going to bring us water. But, you know, every time the children realized and they saw the Gibeonites whether they were cutting wood or boiling the water or bringing the water we entered into a bad covenant sometimes you, you enter into things with people based on relationship not because you got the counsel of God in the last days so many people will take the mark because you, you didn't ever consult God. But I pray that you won't ever be in that place. Because people who take the mark, you're going to be in the tribulation. In other words, you have missed the rapture. Look at your neighbor and say, I don't plan to miss it. And I can tell to you with assurance, you don't have to miss it. 
but you have to stay in the word. Look at your neighbor say, meditate, meditate. in this word, in this word. Day, and day and night. Well, this is how you avoid the wolves dressed up in sheep clothing. Because you're in the word. And the spirit of God quickens you. But see, God is not going to force his way into the conversation. You remember when we used to use expressions like this? This is an A-B conversation. See your way out. We don't want to say that to God. We want to say to God, oh, come on in. Because there is safety in the multitude of what? Counsel. Come on in to this situation, God. Come on in to my thoughts about this, God. Come on in. I want to know what the word says. How many of you know you can have an inside information? I don't mean no bad trading. I'm talking about inside information, Holy Ghost revealing to you. How many of you know the Bible says he will show you things to come? Or things from the end before the beginning. God is that kind of God to us. God will show you people that shouldn't be in your life. And I'm, I'm telling you, there are people that God is trying to say to many of you, you got to drop that relationship. Because they ain't really trying to be in covenant. They are coming very deceptive. They are pretending. You notice that when you were reading Joshua 9, when we started out, it said they pretended. You've got to be very careful in the last day of what people are pretending. That's why I use all those examples in commercials. Pretending. You rub this cream on you. It'll make you lose weight. How many of you have seen the financial schemes where it says all you have to do is, well, give me $500 and I'm going to show you how to be rich. Uh, uh, give me $2,000 and I'm going to show you how to get out of all your debt. I even, when I was trying to end the membership, there was a, you know, you get these little pop-ups. There was a pop-up saying, we'll get you out. Just give us $30 and we'll get you out. And I'm thinking, that's more than I pay. That's more than I paid for the membership. But you're going to charge me $30. How many of you got into timeshares and all of a sudden you couldn't get out your timeshare? You say, hey, this is, this is the annual fee that we need. And the annual fee kept going up. And you realize, man, I could have booked three hotels for that. And then you tried to get out and they said, oh, you can't get out. And then there were companies that arose and said, we'll get you out. You know, I, I, I hear about people who say, well, you haven't paid your tax in a while and, and you need to go to this company. And that company will say, yeah, we can get you, we can get you caught up, but you're going to have to give us some deception. God will not let you pay unfair wages. He's giving you these resources for a purpose. He's giving you the power to get wealth that you may establish his covenant, not to be deceived and swindled out of it. You know, this book of Joshua, which I, I, I'll end it right now, but Joshua couldn't refuse these people because he had entered into covenant with them. God can turn things around, but you're doing it the hard way when you don't get the counsel of God. 
Some of you entered into bad marriage relationships. And you said, Lord, have mercy. This Negro is not going to change. He's been this way for years. God can change him. It's a lot tougher, but God can change him. You enter into covenant, you're not going to be a covenant breaker. But you're going to have to stay on your knees. I want to take you back to Romans 14. Every knee shall bow. You should be bowing your knees every day when you realize that you're in a covenant with people that you probably shouldn't have been in a covenant with. But God can change their hearts. God can change their hearts. God can change their hearts. Why do we enter into these scams? Why do we enter into these kinds of relationships? One reason is life events and loneliness. A lot of people just get lonely. Do you, how, how many of you remember when the, the, the Home Shoppers Network began? Man. People, do you know that company made over $400 million in the first year? Because people were just lonely. They would just buy stuff. There was a set of weights that came out, like dumbbells, and they used to just shake. And they told you, get them, and you lose weight. Do you know they had to pay $40 million? Because they found out you can do more than just walking around your house and doing, holding them things. You got more cardiovascular, more weight toning by putting that down just walking. False advertisement. How many of you have bought so many ad machines and you didn't put them into the trash can because you realize? My stomach getting bigger. <laughs> My abs ain't getting no tighter. Because you done bought into something. That wasn't really true. People work. They did the hard work. But they came out and presented themselves. Do you know it's hard work to load up your donkeys with all of this old, old wine sacks, find old sandals, to find moldy bread? Man, it's a, it, it, it's a, it's a thought out, you might even say well thought out plan, but it's to deceive. And people who come take you, take you, as we say, for a ride, they thought it out. They put their little infomercials together. It's well thought out. The devil is very cunning. I guess the point I'm trying to get to is the devil is very cunning. He's well thought out what he's going to try to do in the last days. But he's looking for lonely people. This is why I keep saying to you, it's not because I just want to see every pew feel, but I don't want you to get into a place because God says it's not good for you to be alone. And some of you have been sitting alone for three years and you're saying it's caused COVID. It's not a good thing to be alone like that. It's not a good thing to think that you don't need church like that. You need this colony or you need this fellowship and there is safety in the multitude of counsel. Here's another reason that people get caught up in scams. Debt and desperation. Debt and desperation. In the military, 
look. They would, it, it, when it came to your clearance, they'd look at your debt to income ratio. And if you had too much debt, they said, mm -mm, we can't give you no more clearance. Why? Because your desperation, somebody, espionage, a spy, anybody could say, I'll help you get out of this. Then the devil is always going to come and present you with something that, look, I'm going to help you. And the Bible is trying to show us the devil is always going to promise something that he can't deliver. He's going to promise you things that he can't deliver on. And because of desperation, this is why we're saying to, 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 to people concerning, you have to really understand that God is saying to you, I, I don't want you to have any debt but the debt of love. Just love people. Just love people. Just love people. There are certain things that you need to buy and may buy. He didn't say that getting anything or getting a loan was a sin, but he said, make sure you don't get in over your head. And oftentimes that's where people are. They're in over their head. They're in more than they can handle. And then here's the third thing that I find that why people get into scams and, and, and get into deception. Pressure. Pressure. When I was in college, I worked for a newspaper, the Charlotte Observer. I was one of those people that would call you up at 6 o'clock when I knew you were about to ready to eat. And my hope was, I'm going to just say to this, because women spend more money than men. My hope was that I could get the lady of the household. And, so, and at that time, it was newspapers. I was selling newspapers. If I got the man, I would generally always kind of say, look, I'm going to spend probably no more than 30 seconds with this guy. And you know what I would offer you, man? A free subscription. Why don't you try it for the next four weeks? And if you don't like it, you just stop the subscription. Men, you know what we do? We don't keep good track of time. Four weeks have come and gone. Newspapers stacked up in the, in the hallway somewhere. But we don't stop the subscription. And you know what? My commission kicks in, and I've got another one. Pressure. Here's why we, we would pressure. It would say, use your own experience. And I would say to the lady, I'm in college. I'm a second-year student just trying to get by. And Stephanie bought a paper. Stephanie, do you know anybody else? She said, oh, I know Miriam. Give me Miriam's number. And I sold another one. Miriam, I am so grateful for you and Miss Stephanie. Well, call Roberta. And all of a sudden, I sold another. And folks, don't be caught up with charisma because I believe in the last days that's what's going to happen. You're going to have a person that's going to emerge on the scene that's going to be very charismatic. And he's going to be bold enough to say that he's God. And people are going to follow. You say, well, that could never happen. Go back to Jim Jones. And those of you who have no clue of who Jim Jones is, you need to Google. You need to go to PBS and watch the documentary. 
This is a human being who eventually said to people he was God. And people followed him. They left their homes. They left their families. They left their livelihood. They went to an area, Miss Veronica, Guyana. And there, yeah, Dr. Parsons says they drank the Kool-Aid, yeah. I won't tell you the whole story. But you say, nobody, look, David Koresh. Folks, there are more cults now than ever before. More of your children are following cultish teaching, and you don't know it. Because you don't talk to your children about the things of God. And they're caught up with things that seem charming, that seem fascinating, that seem like it's okay. Some of you are okay with your children telling you they don't even believe in God. And I shared with you last week, I know two children who are just out of their mind. I mean, because what did the God say? I will give you over to this reprobate mind if that's what you want to keep following. In the last days, there will be people that will be so reprobate because they have denied Christ. They have to say it to themselves there is no God they've said to themselves there is no Jesus and I don't need him it's like that comedian who was thinking he's being funny saying I don't need to be re reborn again because I got it right the first time the only person that got it right was Jesus the only one that can make you right is Jesus. The only one that can keep you in a right, straight, and narrow path is Jesus. The person who leans to their own understanding, the Bible tells you, don't do that. Don't lean to your own understanding. Acknowledge God. I want you to close your eyes for just a moment, and I want you to realize that God is saying, you're going to have to give an account. And I'm asking you to give an account right now. I want you to imagine if Jesus was standing before, what account do you think you would be giving Jesus? That Jesus, I really have been living for you. Jesus, I have really been in prayer. Jesus, I have really been serving. Or is that a lie? Have you really just been living for yourself? This is why I'm saying to you, you need to be in this study. Because we're in this book called Laodicea. The, la the word Laodicea itself means us. We're in charge of ourself. Your life is not your own. You have been purchased with a price. You were created by God and you were created for God. And that's why songs like I Surrender All are so appropriate. But it's not until you judge yourself and say, have I really surrendered to Christ or am I still doing life on my own terms? 
You remember what happened with Joshua? We were reading in 9. He said, they did not seek the counsel of God. And they entered into a covenant, even with their enemy. So, Father, this day, as we come and we bow our knee and we bow our heads, we're asking you, Lord God, to help us in this search of our heart. And if there be any sin in us, God, may we be repented and may we get on the path that is everlasting. Your word describes this path as straight and narrow. And you said, perhaps you will find there's only a few people in it, but stay on it. You may look over there and say, there's a lot of people doing this and doing that. Don't try to join them. Because they're leading to destruction. Father, you're giving us instruction. You're ordering our steps. You're setting our conversation aright right now. So that when you come, we will be able to say, here am I. And the Lord recognize and say, come on up. Come on up. We don't want to be that group that's going to be left behind. You don't know the day. You don't know the hour when he's coming. But you need to be ready when he comes. Father, we all need to judge ourselves. I believe in every Christian. And I'm speaking to Christians now. There is an area in your life that you need to be repenting of. Every Christian. You've not been perfected yet. But he is perfecting the things that concern you. That's why I love it when he said, search my heart. We're too busy trying to look at other people's lives. And God says, stop looking at their lives. You might want to take a look at your own house. People who live in glass houses should not be throwing stones. God, you want us to be transparent. But more importantly, we've got to be transparent with you. You know it already. You're just trying to get us to see ourselves. So God, you're standing before God. You know God will ask you, how have you been treating people? What are you going to say? How you been treating your husband? How you been treating your wife? How you been treating your children? How you been treating your neighbors and your coworkers? How have you been treating God? God, we want to be a people who when you look at us and you look at our lives, you'll say, now you're a good and you're a faithful servant. Well done. Enter into my rest. Say this with me, Father God. I do confess that you love me and you sent this love through your Son, Jesus Christ. I love him. I invite him to be the Lord of my life forever, forever.
and ever and ever. Jesus, thank you for helping me to decrease so that you might increase in my life. In my life, be glorified. In my activities, be glorified. In the thoughts that I have, be glorified. Be glorified in my life. To God be the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Stand to your feet. We want to thank you, ladies. We remind you again, you have an opportunity. Uh, hear the cry of God's heart as he spoke it through my lips, as he spoke it through Miss Pat's lips, through Dr. Parsons' lips. Ladies, I believe every one of you should be in the conference. Every one of you. And don't let finances be a blockage. Mm-mm. That's what we just talked about. Why is the pressure? The pressure will come and say, I can't afford. You, I don't believe you can afford to miss this one. You really need to be a part of it. We want to remind you that the week following that, um, we're going to be in the White Oak uh, shopping area. We want every member to be there to help us to share the beautiful smile of Jesus. And he's put that smile on you. And you can, it, just your presence, just your smile makes a difference to people. I, I want to preach a message called the, the power of presence. I've been working on it for some time, but the power of presence, just your presence, your presence. How many of you know the presence of God is something powerful in your life? But he puts himself in you in a way where your presence makes a difference too. Amen? And so men, all the men wave at me. Glory to God. I'm looking for you at 10 a.m. Saturday morning. Every man in this house. Don't get up and just get your usual bowl of cereal and watch cartoons. Come to the house and let's pray. Amen? Some of you already do that, but make that exception. Put that into your schedule for this coming Saturday. And let's pray, men. You know what the Bible says. Man ought to what? always pray. I don't know how to pray. Come learn. Come learn. It doesn't matter if you pray for one minute, three minutes, or one hour. It's that you prayed. That you were a part. That you weren't on the sideline somewhere. So men come. We will send out another notification to you just as a reminder. But I'm saying to you with all of the passion that I know how to speak this to you, men, it's essential that you be here Saturday. Call other men that you know in the body of Christ. Call your brothers and your neighbors if they are people of God, and even if they aren't, have them to come. Because I believe that God can save people right in the midst of a prayer meeting as well. But men, I need you with me on Saturday morning, 10 a.m., right here. Amen. Now unto him that is able to save us, sustain us, and cause us to live forever. The one who causes us to triumph. The one who causes us to always get victory. To this God be all of the glory, all of the praise, all of the honor, and may none of us have any God before him. May he be first. 
And may we seek first his kingdom, which is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. We seek first his kingdom, his righteousness, and trust that all other things that we have need of, he'll add it to us. We were blessed when we came in. We are blessed as we're going out, and we are purposing to be a blessing to those that we come in contact with this day and the days ahead. In Jesus' name, amen? Amen. 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 God bless you, love you. Thank you for viewing today with us. Thank you for being here with us today. Thanks again for joining us today. Here at Rainbow Family, our mission is to love God, love people, and change the world. If you would like to partner with us in any way, we encourage you to visit our website at rainbowfamilychristian.org.